This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Well, hello, basketball fans. It is LaChina Robinson, your host of Around the Rim, and we have special guests with us in her final season with Florida State, <laughs> um, a guard that has an opportunity to be the first three-time All-American at Florida State, and that's Leticia Romero. Welcome, Leticia. Thank you. Well, you are at ESPN today. Um, what has this experience been like so far? It's been great. Um, I've never seen, I mean, it's my first time here, so I'm trying to see everything, and it's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, we don't have anything like this uh, over in Spain, and, and to to be able to be here, I mean, it's just such a pleasure. Well, if fans did not pick up already from your research, you hear the accent. Leticia is from Spain, and you actually had a very eventful summer with the Spanish national team winning a silver medal. Just what did that mean to you, to your country? What was that experience like for you? Well, <laughs> every time I think of it, it I just smile because <laughs> um, it has been the best experience I've had so far uh, in basketball. And, um, you know, coming there, not really knowing what to expect. Because, I mean, yeah, we, we knew we were a good team, but we didn't know at what level we were uh, compared to the other teams. And not having Sancho, uh, you know, she being injured, that was um, something that we were worried about too. So um, we got there and we started playing. Uh, we started winning. And that was amazing just, you know, being there with, all kind of athletes being able to to see how they work, you know, and there's so many things that we as athletes uh, have in common. Um, it was just really nice experience. Yeah, I remember some moments in particular. I think it was that Ana Cruz hit a shot early on in the, in a game. They were like, you guys had some of the most exciting moments that I can remember. And and I and I was reading something about. The number 10 um, and how that ties into your Spanish national team. Why do you wear that number? Well, um, I like, I mean, I have always liked number 10, but it was since uh, my first game at a professional level in Spain. So uh, we call it the um, first league, Mm -hmm. professional league, Spanish league, whatever. And um, my first game was on the 10th. Of the 10th of 2010. So uh, it was ended and I played 10 minutes. Oh, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, like, that's supposed to be your number. Yeah, <laughs> must be a sign. That is so interesting, though, when you look at what happens internationally, at least from my standpoint, because in the U.S. you have, you know, high school, AAU, but you are actually playing against pros. I remember a conversation I had with you um, when you first started playing for Florida State and you had played against the U.S., and you were telling me about some of your favorite players. What was that like playing against the U.S. national team, and who did you remember from that time? Um, you know, when, when you are over there and you don't really know anything about, you know, how USA system works, and I didn't know anything about the NCAA or anything like that, a little bit about WNBA, and you get to play against Maya Moore, Diana Taurasi, all those players. Um, you kind of like get a sense of what it's like to, you know, how they work here and and how physical they are. So it was, I think, for me, uh, 
a really good experience to have that before coming here. So I knew what kind of level uh, they were building here. Well, when you started to grow, I know you started your career at Kansas State and then went on to Florida State, but the name that kept coming up, speaking of WNBA, was always Tisha Pinachero. Um, And those comparisons, obviously both of you guys being point guards that can do a variety of things, scoring the ball, the assist, um, your three-point shot is much better than Tisha's, but don't tell her I said that. Uh, <laughs> what um, what did that mean to you uh, to be compared to a top 20, one of the greatest point guards to ever play? I mean, it's very, very nice. Um, like I said, I've watched her play, you know, in videos and stuff. And I can say that I don't pass as well as she does. You know, maybe someday. <laughs> She's got a little flair to her, right? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I'm not there yet. But... Um, you know, it's really nice that people, you know, um, compare me to her because um, her game was just really was amazing. And, and there were, I mean, she is uh, she has led a legacy over there in, in the WNBA. So to be, you know, following her steps is um, just, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to get there. Well, I expect to see a few more behind-the-back passes, maybe some look-offs this year, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, have, I have to get permission from uh, Kosu. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can help out with that as well. So let's talk about the Knowles. I, I guess let's first start off with the fact that, you know, when you were getting ready to transfer, when you were leaving Kansas State, you could have gone to a, a, a lot of different places. What made Florida State the place for you? Mm, I think, you know, the second time I knew better, um, I knew what I wanted. You know, when you come from overseas, you don't really know anything about the NCAA. And, you know, it's hard to make a decision. So my first decision, uh, I can say, you know, it wasn't based on really basketball or many different things. It was just feelings. And my second decision was more like, okay, I... I know now how this works and then know uh, different teams and, and what I want. And to, I already knew Coach Sue from the, you know, first time that I came, um, visited FSU twice. And when I was there, you know, my second visit was, um, I really felt like I was going to be taken care of, like I was going to be able to fit in the team. You know, I I play. I got to uh, play open gym with them. I felt amazing, and I was like, okay, I like this team. <laughs> this is the place for me, right? right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's been so fun because I think what Coach Sue does well. Number one, she has fun. I mean, she has more energy. Let me tell you this: I played at Wake Forest, and Coach Sue has not aged a bit since my playing days, which <laughs> I just say was a quite. A while ago. Um, but she has fun. And the way she brings the pieces together with all of you guys on the team, uh, especially with the international flavor, you know, I think has been I- interesting to see. So coming into this season, looking at kind of where you guys are, expectations are high, obviously, as they should be. Um, Shatrice White, I think, is a player after she was or became eligible transferring from Illinois the stakes went up for you guys a little bit because the the view from the outside was, okay, we knew they were good with you and with Ivy and with uh, Shakela. I mean, we know what they have, Brittany. But now what do you think it is that Chatrice brings that's going to take you guys to an even higher level? 
I think she is kind of like an utility player. Um, she can do pretty much everything. As a post player, you know, she can shoot the ball from the three-point line. That's amazing because, you know, they're not going to be able to just help on K, for example. You know, they are going to have um, trees over there just shooting threes. So, um, and she plays hard. She can guard. She, We need a, another, you know, some help on the post. And she brings that. She, I, I really think, I really like playing with her. She's smart too. So um, she can be really good for us. Yeah, because you have to replace a dude who, mm-hmm. you know, has, has gone on. And, wow, did she bring quite a presence. She also can shoot the three. So, you know, hopefully Shatrice just slides into that spot seamlessly. So in terms of just your game, every year you want to add something different. What will fans maybe see different from you this year uh, that you worked on over the summer that maybe you learned from someone on the Spanish national team? <laughs> there are two things that I'm really focused on. One of the things was you know i really try to watch um our captain in the olympic team um laia palau she she was amazing for us and not just i'm not just talking on the court but the the stuff that she did off the court just put everybody together made everybody closer made the team you know have good chemistry and she was just taking care of everything like <laughs> everything the team needed everything any teammate needed and she made sure you know everybody's mind was in the right place. Uh, she was talking to everybody, and I want to be that person. And, you know, for FSU, as, you know, as a senior point guard, I want to make everybody feel good and, and have everybody on the same page. And then the second thing I want to, as something that I don't think I did very well last year, I, th- I think I need to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I really... You know, sometimes <laughs> just I, I'm I feel like I'm just playing the point of position, and there are games that I you know need to be just push it, be more aggressive, and and just that play harder. I love it. I mean, what point guard? The the greatest point guards when you think about it, all have that skill that you described. Your your captain from the Spanish national team. You bring the team together. Whatever they need, you provide it. You know where everyone's supposed to be, those directions. And it's kind of hard for you because, in all fairness, you know, you haven't spent your whole career at Florida State. So there's a learning process that goes with it. But it sounds like now you're ready to put that all together. And and, and I can see the assertive part, too. You know, like, I always wonder, and you tell me, okay, so we have, like, Russell Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. And he is a point guard, but he is very assertive, very aggressive. He is going to score. He is going. I mean, he is just going to do whatever he wants to do, right? right? And then you have maybe like a Chris Paul, who to me is more of an assist point guard. You know, who wants to get everybody involved. How do you make those decisions or dictate when it's time to take over versus when you need to facilitate? I think that kind of depends too on the kind of team that you have. Like, I I want to be a player that you know adapt quickly to to the team and the teammates that I have. You know, obviously in the national team, I'm not going to be Westbrook. You know, <laughs> not right That's now. That's true. Right. <laughs> Got a little time before that happens. Um, I, I need to be more of a, you know, facilitator, you know, uh, just point guard who leads the team, whatever. Um, in the FSU team, I think I need to be more assertive. Mm-hmm. I need to be aggressive. And obviously there are times, I mean, it's it's a hard thing, you know, sometimes because – 
we have players like Kayla, um, um, Ivy, Brittany, uh, Imani now. She mm -hmm. can shoot the ball. And, you know, I'm going to have to be a facilitator for all of them. And I love that. I, I love being, you know, giving assists and all that. There are times when maybe, you know, Kayla is not scoring as we need her to or, or whatever it is. I need to, you know, be more aggressive and, and, and try to get back uh, baskets too. Yeah. So um, I think, uh, you know, I've been working on that and, and we'll see. Finding that balance. Mm -hmm. So you have a number seven recruiting class um, in the country. This year, uh, so that's special to add to what you guys already have. And Steve, I think we have Florida State. Uh, I don't even know. I wanted to call you. I mean, PR, sports information. Steve Stone's one of the best in the country, right here with us. Steve, AP poll just dropped. You guys are where? So number twelve. So high expectations. You've got all this going. Give me the one thing it's going to take for you guys to make that push, get to the Final Four, and be able to play for a national championship. Mm, I'm gonna say consistency. I think we had many ups and downs last year. Uh, there were games where we were really high, really good. There were games where it just it wasn't working. And and I felt like we, you know, we've talked about this this year. We're in practice. You can see, you know, everybody's locked in. In in, I'm very excited. I'm honestly. Really excited about this season. Well, we're excited as well. Before I let you go, I know that you love Top Chef, and I read somewhere that paella is that how you would pronounce it? Is your favorite? Oh uh, no, I didn't say that right. Or that's it's, not your favorite. It's not my favorite. Oh, okay, but um, I like. It. I miss it just because it's from Spain. I was gonna say my mom used to make paella, but I had no idea it was from Spain. So forgive me for this. And it's peas, shrimp. What else is in your paella? Any kind of fish, actually. Okay. Um, and anything that you can, I mean, you can put pork, uh, chicken. With the rice yeah, and the, the wok. Yellow, the you thing just, is, you yes, have to have yellow. yellow rice yes, that's, yellow. and shrimp. Those two need to go. Those have to have. Yeah. Everything um, else is. Everything else you just add whatever you want to. So if paella is not your favorite, what is your favorite dish? I think I don't think you can say anything American. You may get in trouble. I think it should be something from Spain, but that's okay. I'll I'll let you I'll let you decide that. <laughs> okay. It's not from the states, but it's not from Spain either. What sushi? Sushi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone loves sushi. You can't go wrong with that right. selection. <laughs> well, Leticia, thank you so much for joining us, and we are excited about watching the Knowles this season and big things to come from you. One more question, actually, before I let you go. WNBA, how are you feeling about that? Um, not really thinking about it. Um, go love to have the opportunity to you know play at some time there. Um, uh, but uh, my biggest focus right now is you know uh getting this team uh to the final four and then overseas. Yeah. But, yeah. I think we'll hear your name called in the draft. I, pr I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> Leticia Romero, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Right now, we have a coach in the room, none other than Karen Aston, the head coach of Texas. Welcome, Karen. Good morning. I'm so happy to have you here because 
I'm not gonna lie. I don't get out to Big Twelve country very often. Sure don't. What's as, up with that? I know. I'm trying to fix it. I'm active. Brenda Van yeah, Langen will get me to Austin. You would never leave. You know what? I'm not gonna lie to you. Trust I've me. been to Austin twice, and it's in my top five favorite cities. Of course so it you don't have to pull my leg. I am coming okay. to Austin when I can get there. But Bre- Brenda Van Langen has got to give me some Big Twelve room. She's got to let me. I know. They got to let go of it, don't they? <laughs> yes. Well. I mean, wow, what you have done since coming back to Texas, getting this this program back to national prominence has been so fun to watch. So let's start there. How did your experience working for Jody Conrad there, how did that help you in getting this program back to to where it was? Well, I think it was a tremendous help just from the standpoint of Texas is a, is a bit of a unique place. And I think um, not just the university, but even the landscape of recruiting in the state of Texas is is a little bit of an animal. Oof. And to have that kind of understanding, first of all, of what is expected in the university landscape, uh, just from academics, uh, you know, what is what is it like being a student at Texas? How challenging is it? Uh, helps you in recruiting. I mm-hmm. think the fact that I did it for eight years, I understood what type of student athlete was needed at Texas. And I think just the expectations of being a Longhorn. I think that um, it is unique, and it's not for everybody. I say that all the time. It's not It's not for everybody to be a Longhorn, but I do think that once you've been there and you've done it and you have an understanding of, of what it's like on a daily basis, then it, it is helpful. And for me to spend eight years with Jody was a, a blessing, uh, just from the standpoint of not only did I understand Texas, but I also understood sort of what it was like to run a program like that. Yeah, you mentioned recruiting, and actually that was something I wanted to talk to you about because I'm sitting here making a list of all the programs that you're recruiting against. First of all, let's say this. Texas, in my opinion, this is why I'm excited about the Final Four being in Dallas, Mm -hmm. the grassroots girls basketball is arguably better than anywhere else in the country. I mean, when you look at the level of talent, I mean, Georgia's there. You know, you would know these states better than I would. But every every year, whether it's Breonna Turner or we're talking about Neko Gumake or we're – we're talking about Texas. So you've got Baylor there. You've got Texas a and I mean, the recruiting piece. How have you been so successful? What is it, top six back-to-back classes? Like, how have you been so successful in the recruiting part of it? Well, I think the first thing is just that we're selling the university. Mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenal university. And it's hard not to get carried away with yourself sometimes I guess when things are going well and I say that just from a from a standpoint of our staff and how great it is and all of the things that go along with being successful in recruiting but we have to remind ourselves and I do this all of the time that it's it's an easy sell Mm -hmm. because it's a phenomenal city it's a phenomenal university uh, it's a phenomenal athletic program there's tradition there's great fans so it is an easy sell but when we when we took the job at Texas I think the the, probably the best thing I did was hire Longhorns. Mm. So when you look across the board at my staff, especially initially when I got there four years ago, it was full of people that had played at Texas uh, in Travis Mays, uh, Amy Smith-Bradley, who is now Travis's assistant at SMU, mm-hmm. Fran Harris. I mean, I could go down the line and talk about people that I surrounded myself with that understood the culture at Texas. So they were, it was easy to sell sell the university and sell our program. And then just back to the back to my history with being with Jody uh, for eight years, I had the privilege of recruiting for her and for the university. So I had a lot of ties mm-hmm. and 
that's one thing about being a Longhorn and being in the state of Texas is that they call it the good old boy network. I guess I could call it the good old girl network, but yeah. whatever it is, <laughs> it works. Yeah. Uh, because when you have ties and you have relationships with people in the state of Texas, then it's a little bit easier to, to recruit. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the high school coaches are terrific. I think that it's the basis of why our girls' sports are so good is because the girls, the coaches, it's serious. It's serious in Texas. Yes. And the coaches are serious about it. So I think they're developing student athletes that are ready for the college game. You mentioned your staff and you talked about Fran Harris and you have, mm-hmm. you know, Jamie Carey. You've got Tina Thompson, which right. I think is so unique that you have a staff where players have played, right. you know, at a very high level. What has that brought to the environment, having them there, um, you know, with the type of experience that they bring? Yeah, I say this all the time. If it was 10 years ago in my career, I don't know if I could have handled Tina Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how long Tina was going to last, too. I said, let's see. No, let me <laughs> just tell you, she's going la- she's, she's to last. She's done a great she's job. She's going to last. But what I, I say that wholeheartedly just because she's so powerful of a presence. She is. That if I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, I would probably have a hard time with Tina because mm-hmm. she's going to tell you how it is. And she's probably right yep. half the time. And then you have Jamie who's going to tell you how it is, and Fran's going to tell you how it is. And so it, it all of those conversations we have they come from the heart of being a basketball fan Mm -hmm. Uh, all of those people I'm talking about they they bleed basketball and they've put a lot into the game and they've put a lot in a lot into being a successful woman so their stories are great but their stories are real Mm -hmm. so they're not making stuff up and that's what I think student athletes are looking for they're looking for real people they're looking for people that can not only help them be better players but they're going to help them grow as as young women. Yeah. And you look at those type of role models and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, It's, it's a, it's a treat to sit in our staff meetings. I can tell you that. Oh, I can believe it. Oh (laughs) man, to be a fly on the wall. (laughs) Well, looking at this year's team, um, whether it's, you know, Brooke or Errol Atkins, what, how is it going so far? How is that group coming together? Who's impressing you? And what do you like about this team? I'll start with what I like. Uh, (laughs) I, I like their personality. Uh, if you watched this practice, you would you would think they were a very fun-loving group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you they like each other a lot, and Tina says this all the time. It's not normal uh, <laughs> to get a bunch of girls together, and they sincerely all fifteen of them or fourteen of them really care about each other. So it's you can see that mm-hmm. when you see them practice, uh, you can see that they really care about each other. So their chemistry is good, which in the long run will be the most important thing. I think we all know that we've, you know, if you've been in sports, you know that chemistry can make you or kill you. Yep. Um, and it's really good with this group. Um, the challenges are that there's so many new faces mm. that last year our team was very comfortable with what their roles were. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew Imani was going to man the paint. Everybody mm-hmm. knew Selena was the point guard. And then Brooke would come in and, and move positions. And so everybody sort of had their place. And this year, they're all trying to find their place, mm-hmm. other than Brooks, the starting point guard. And Ariel, obviously, is is a starting wing player, and Kelsey is going to man the paint for us. Um, you have other players like Bree Taylor, who started at the four position, that are that are she's going to transition to the perimeter mm-hmm. her senior year. Uh, and then you have these really super talented freshmen. And then we have some transfers. Mm-hmm. So all of those new faces are going to amount to – a little uncertainty as we begin. So mm-hmm. opening up at Stanford is going to be quite a challenge for us. But I, I do think that because of what I started with that I like, which is I like their, their personality. Uh, they 
for lack of better words, they don't get too bothered by anything. Mm. You know, if I get on them, you know, it might hurt their feelings for a moment. And then you see them five minutes later and they're laughing, asking you, you know, what costume you're going to wear for Halloween. And, <laughs> right. and those yeah. are the things that I love about them because they they don't seem to take anything too seriously. Yeah. Well, I know the eyes of the land will be on Texas. You mentioned Stanford, but you've got Mississippi State, South Carolina, Yukon, yeah. Tennessee. So looking at this schedule, um, what did you want to get out of this lineup? And what did you feel? What is it about this team that you thought they could handle this? The leadership, I think, from in particular the juniors with Kel- with uh, you know Kelsey and Bree are going to be the leaders from a standpoint of they've been there and done it and they understand the culture and the expectations of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the leadership qualities of Brooke, Ariel, and Tasia, who are our, our juniors, that they're just tremendous. And I think they won't allow us to crater if something were to go wrong. Yet mm-hmm. I also think that if things go good, they'll keep us on track and yeah. they'll keep us humble. And that's what I love about those those guys. Um, and I thought that this group needed to be challenged early because they, they have an enormous amount of potential. But, for example, the young players who are incredibly talented, they really – I don't. I didn't think they needed to get a false sense of who they were. Mm. And if you don't play a challenging schedule, then you get to Big 12 play and you think something is good that's maybe not really so good. And then you get sort of smacked when you get into conference play. And I I just didn't think that needed to happen because of our ultimate goal. Yeah, especially, and you mentioned the ultimate goal. I mean, you have to keep NCAA tournament in mind. I know your motto this year I was reading is 196 miles um, Mm -hmm. because that's how far you guys are from Dallas, which is the site of the Final Four. Um, Just curious, looking at your rise, you've put in a lot of work into the game. Like you Mm -hmm. earned everything you have you've always been respected as a recruiter your intensity as a coach for some of the younger coaches out there who want to be a part of that next wave what has been the most important thing uh, or most important part of your journey to getting to where you are now I think that just understanding the process Mm -hmm. um, because it all translates to you know even trying to get your players to understand that success is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, I think that I really I appreciated my time as a high school coach. Mm-hmm. And people have asked me all the time, you know, kind of where did you get the recruiting bug and all of that? It came from coaching high school kids <laughs> because you understand what they're feeling. You've been through that with them on the other mm-hmm. side of it. Uh, so it sort of prepared me for that that recruiting side of the world. But what I would tell a young coach is just um, – There's a couple of things. First of all, appreciate the process of it and don't get ahead of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say that, you know, my blessing has been that I fell into some unbelievable mentors. Mm -hmm. And when I say fell into them, it happened because I worked hard. Um, I really do believe that Jody hired me because she saw my work. And you would tell young coaches all the time that your work speaks for itself. And she hired me because she saw the work that I was doing. Mm. But I also fell into an unbelievable mentor when she hired me. Um, So to be able to have some mentors that you really not only do you respect, but they're also going to tell you the truth. And they're going to tell you the hard things along with the good things. Uh, That's what she did for me. And I tell a lot of young coaches that ask me that all of the time, find a few people that you just watch 
and you admire what they're doing and and you know that their track record speaks for itself, they're humble, um, find those people and really, really pick their brains on a daily basis and even even sometimes take some steps backwards mm-hmm. to move forward. Mm. And that that is something I think a lot of young people forget to do. I love it. Great, great advice. Before I let you go, because Austin is one of my favorite cities. You got to give yeah, us your right. It is. I promise it is. And we haven't I, seen you in the city yet. I know. And I'm coming. You heard? Okay. It's on. It's on record. Oh, I'm coming. Oh. Give me your top three restaurants in Austin. Oh, gosh. I know. That's, That's a tough impossible. one. It's a, no, we got to do it. Absolutely we impossible. We got to do it. Well, I'm going to say that if I want to have a beautiful view... <laughs> And a nice glass of wine and unbelievable dinner, I'm going to go to Steiner Steakhouse. Okay. It's called Steiner Ranch. All right. Um, uh, Mexican food, which is everybody's, you know, favorite. Um, Matt's is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Google's making a list here. <laughs> got one more. Uh, you need to go to Kirby Lane if you're going to go there. I mean, that's not like, it's just an iconic place. Okay. Kirby Lane or Magnolia Cafe or little breakfast spots. I'm a breakfast eater, so I like good breakfast food. Those those are pretty good, too. But there's so many. I know. It's unbelievable. I'm coming back. I know you don't believe me, but I'm coming. I don't believe you because <laughs> I'm, I'm going on my fifth year, and I've yet to see well, you, now that you on our campus. And congratulations on your contract extension. Thank now you. that I know Thank that you. you're going to be there even longer, okay. I've okay. got some time to work with. <laughs> I, I know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to either get Imani on you, who's still Imani. hanging around, oh by the God. way. Love her. Uh, Love her. I, I bet you Tina could Tina talk could get me there. Tina could yeah. talk you into yeah. it. Tina okay. can get me there. Well, Coach, thank you so much for thank spending you. time with us, and good luck this season. Thank you. Hook them horns. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.